Good morning. Morning number one of the adventure. A couple of things that I want to highlight um, as we as we launch here. Um, the Buddha did speak about gladdening the mind as a way to prepare the heart and mind for meditation. And he offered three ways for his students to um, brighten the mind. Kind of, uh, the way I look at it, it kind of sweeps the room clear a little bit. And the one I shared this morning was gratitude, reflecting on a few things that you're grateful for. That... um, uh, is um, a beautiful way to create that a field of gratitude. The second way that he talked about uh, was to consider and reflect on any of your generous acts. It can be very simple, holding a door for somebody, calling a friend who was having a hard time, And so, in reflecting on our generous acts, the magic of it is it it somehow conditions us to um, activate uh, more generous acts. So, that has a, a nice quality of conditioning us toward the future. And the third uh, way that the Buddha talked about gladdening the mind was to reflect on the qualities of a Buddha. Okay, what if someone is an awakened being, what are those qualities? What are those qualities of heart and mind? You know, that that depth of compassion to feel and and exercise empathy and care for all those that are suffering and understanding and the wisdom of the clear seeing of a mind that's sharp and can penetrate and understand the very nature of nature understand the the foundational aspect of nature and permanence in the deepest way understand the selfless nature of this of this world that we've been born into, the causes and conditions. So, gladdening the mind. I found it helpful. You may incorporate it into your artistic practice or not. Another aspect that's been important uh, uh, to me, and I enjoy sharing it is that moment in meditation where you wake up we're conditioned to have the mind being very active planning for our survival um, reflecting on our life remembering fantasizing to kind of bring us comfort and take us out of whatever's going on. That's what the mind does a lot of. And so, when we wake up, that's a 
just a magic, sacred, important moment in meditation. And to not to rush back and grab the breath or your, your anchor quickly, but to really savor what's just happened, that you've come back into the present. You're awake, and this is different. And notice the difference between what the mind is like, the mind, heart, and body is like when you're lost in a story, and what it's like when your senses are awake, bright, you're here. Spending some time there is re-engineering the nervous system, allowing your nervous system to develop that capacity more as your default place of rest, that wakefulness. And a couple decades ago, I I guess it was now, a monk uh, explained to me his take on it, and he said, look, if you just grab yourself and stick yourself back on your breath, all that tension of whatever you've been thinking about, you're just going to pile it up. And then there's no wonder that after 10 or 15 minutes, you're like, oh, I can't meditate anymore. That's my limit. I'm all agitated. You've created a mound of stress. So by taking this practice as, and one, one way of looking at it is, acts of self-compassion over and over again. So we wake up, we notice that, we allow our system to get it, to feel it, to internalize it. We then take some time to re-relax, relax attention in the head from the thinking anywhere else. That's a beautiful kind of run of self-compassion. And then when we're ready, and there's, you don't get any extra points for grabbing your anchor again quickly. When you're ready, just connect again gently with that anchor. Stay there the best that you are able, all without harshness or judgment. Recognizing that the mind runs off, that's what it does. And we get to wake up again. We get to offer ourselves the self-compassion of relaxation, of noticing what it's like to be wakeful. So it can be a beautiful process. And it doesn't matter if your mind wanders a zillion times. Because each time you wake up. And slowly the nervous system gets re-engineered. So there's a, a, a template that I like to share for this practice. With sound, most of us can just kind of come see, come saw. Sound arises. It can be pleasant or unpleasant. With a little practice, we can be such that we don't grasp onto it. It's my sound or get all torqued. We can, we can learn to be with the sound. It just comes like everything else in creation. It arises and passes, arises and passes. We don't have to grasp it, push it away. The next level of challenge might be sensations in the body. Oh my God, it's my pain. Can we have that same kind of open-handedness? Sensations arising and passing. Some pleasant, some unpleasant. And the third level of challenge are my emotions. 
quote unquote, my emotions, just emotions arising. So there's this template that we're working with. Can we have that same open-handed acceptance to all phenomena as it arises and passes, watching that change, not resisting that change so much, and the suffering quotient in our life is reduced. So, I think that's all I wanted to say to start, but really pay attention to that, to that pause. When you wake up, it's not a moment of, oh gosh, I've been away for 10 minutes, I can't do this. It's just like, wow, look at this. I'm awake. That's different. Right here. Alive. Crisp. Bright. And enjoy it. And re-relax. Take in your time. Try it out. Now there are some announcements and I want to give some walking instruction. Um, so I think I'll give the announcements and then we'll do walking instruction and then, then leave. Um, now, at noon today, at the noon sit, it's a half hour sit, that will be the time of our uh, technical device renunciation um, ceremony. And there will be envelopes. We will have a bin. Um, you can put your devices in them, label them with your name, uh, and we will take good care of them. Now, this is a challenge. But we also realize that more and more on retreats, we see situations where people just aren't getting what they could get out of the retreat. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you can come in here and meditate and then go back and get on your, and your Facebook or your doing emails. You're going you're gonna, to um, severely dissipate the energy of your heart and mind um, and the potential for what you can discover on this retreat if you do that. So we're offering this as a support mechanism for you and recognizing it's not easy. So we're going to do it in a ceremonial fashion. But it's a major issue. The effects of this kind of staccato um, moving from one thing to another on the nervous system, the capacity to really reach deep levels of meditation. And we want to begin to address it and look at it. All of us are probably addicted to some level or another. I recognize it in myself. So it, it's, it's a challenge that wasn't around 20 years ago, but it's here now. So we encourage you, if you are able, to really take that leap. And there's an emergency number that, that you know, law uh, has that people can reach you. So maybe this is the biggest challenge of the retreat this morning to decide whether you're going to, to give that up. But there is a vast difference in a retreat experience if you're looking at your um, technology all day long because it'll disrupt you. As we settle and settle and settle, 
um, that kind of um, input has an effect. Alrighty, let's um, stand up now and I'll just review some basic walking instructions. And to say that walking is every bit as important as sitting meditation. We're endeavoring to be present for that activity. It's also a different energetic that balances the sitting energetic. And it was installed 2,600 years ago by the Buddha in his training, feeling that there, we have these bodies, we need to move them, we need to pay attention to the energy of movement just as we would sitting down. And the challenge is the same. Can we actually be there with the walking in one form or another and not be in story? We all know what it's like to like park our car or something, walk across the parking lot, go in somewhere, and have no idea how we got there. Our mind's totally gone. So, but that's what the minds do. So in walking meditation, we're not going for a walk, those of you that are new at this. And so we suggest that you um, have a path that you determine, and the weather's going to improve as we go, but it's really not so bad uh, right now, of 10, 20 paces at the most, where you have a beginning and an end. And so you're not trying to get anywhere, so that takes that out of the equation. You're just seeing how possible it is to actually be present for the movements of this body. And so um, some people will start just by standing in their spot, kind of collecting the energy for the activity. And so as we are now, just feeling your feet on the ground, you know, maybe flexing your knees a little bit, allowing yourself to be rooted might imagine the roots going right into the, the great mother, the earth. Okay? And then feeling the body, bringing attention in the body, the standing posture. What do you notice energetically? The arms, the legs. What muscles are engaged just standing? What muscles are not? You know, it's an activity, just standing. And then as we move, it's more of, can I be with this next constellation of movement rather than, I'm going to be mindful all the way through this kind of throwing our mind across the floor to our end point. It's just all right, let's see if I can be with this next step. And you can walk slowly. You can walk more quickly. You can experiment. And I'd encourage experimentation uh, in walking meditation, finding a manner that suits you as a contemplative artist. Um, If you uh, choose to walk slowly, 
for some there may be some balance issues, but I've found that you can walk slowly if you keep your feet kind of shoulder width apart and just moving forward. You don't want to try to walk like a, a runway model with one foot in front of the other. That's a little more challenging. Um, so let's, let's take a, a little half step or so. We're not going to go anywhere. So coming into the body, eyes open. And you know, in your gaze isn't down at your feet. It's kind of out in front of you. They know what to do. They've been doing it a long time. And so then you simply um, feel the body to warm a little bit. Let's sway back and forth, just feeling how the activation of one set of muscles and a release of the other as, we, as the weight changes. And that's very similar to moving forward. Set of muscles activates, set of muscles releases, back and forth. Now coming back to center again. And then simply moving your left foot, raising it a little bit, moving it, placing it. You can begin to feel how the weight is shifting. And then moving your right foot up again, lifting, moving placing, and now recognize we don't have much room, bringing that right foot back, lifting, moving, placing, and then the left foot, lifting, moving, and placing. You can use notation. A lot of people find that helpful. Lifting, moving, placing is one notation. You can count steps, one, two, each time your, your foot hits the floor or the ground. You can systematically walk by uh, being curious. Okay, what are, my, what are my toes doing? Are they working or are they just kind of flopping there? Is my big toe working? What about the little toe? We can explore that. And we can explore, oh, gee, do I walk on the outside of my feet perfectly level, the inside of my feet? What's, how do I walk? We can become experts. What's the ankle doing? What are the calf muscles doing? We can kind of work our way up. The knees, the, the, the quadriceps, hamstrings, the hips. You know? And uh, if you also find that you're getting a little too crunched down, you can just kind of throw open the field and just feel your whole body moving through air, much like through water. So that's a, that's a wider, more expansive focus. And if that gets too spacey, you can come back down. Okay, what's that big toe doing? You know? So we can vary the lens of experience with, with, with walking. Um, you can also walk backwards. You know? And that'll kind of bring up some energy. You want to do it in a safe place, but you can do that. And it's a totally different experience. You know? So we want to do this with the spirit of exploration. This miracle that we still have, this ambulation, 
uh, what's it like? And if you throw yourself, your, your energy into walking meditation, you'll find that that continuity will affect your sitting meditation. You know, they support one another. But um, any questions about walking meditation? Yes? That's a great question. It, the question was, should we coordinate the breath or can we coordinate the breath with the movement? And the answer is yes, if you'd like to. You can experiment with that. It's a Burmese method of coordinating the breath with the movement. It's another place to explore. Some people find it really helpful and beautiful. Other people, it's like, oh, no, that's too crazy. So, thank you. All righty. So, um, have a great day of exploring this life. Many blessings.